0: Hey everyone, welcome and welcome back to the Quaybog Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! About church. How are we doing? Good. Uh, hey, so I get an opportunity to preach today, and uh, it was funny how it all came to be because it really seems like it was like one of those God ordained things. It was almost like flippant. I was like, uh, hey, yeah, Kyle, I'll take that thing. Hadn't cracked open the book, hadn't thought about it, and that's what we took. So I, as we're going through the series, if you've fo- followed along, if you've been here for the past couple weeks, I think you've noticed that a lot of the material, a lot of the stuff that we've gone through, it hits different people. Like, I feel like you probably have had a week where you've been like, yeah, that was what I needed. But maybe another week where you're like, that was really good. This one was for Tim. So John Eldridge wrote two chapters, and they were made for Tim. Uh, Hopefully they're made for you as well. But while going through this, it really seems strange that God timed things so perfectly that uh, I'm preaching today. Because today I'm not preaching because I know things that I want you to also know. I'm preaching today because I'm being preached to by God. God's giving me the message first. I'm not even done yet. like He's still preaching it to me. And I'm still listening. But I get to preach because I'm with you guys. We're all, we're all in this, and I'm the lowest of us. I have the most to learn in this area, and I hope that, uh, what is shared in this chapter, in these chapters, that uh, we can together find God in new ways. Uh, I want to share a text I had sent to my wife, Alicia, uh, on Tuesday. I was starting to work on my notes. I had caught up in the book, and I texted her. I said, I'm really struggling to get started with my sermon notes. So it's like I'm just hitting a block. And I, have to, I have a feeling God has to teach me something. I don't know what it is yet, so I'm obviously nervous. Um, and this was just me being honest, but it wasn't me being, like, I wasn't taking it into tent. It's just, I just knew there was something, and I was wondering if God was going to teach something, and he did. This week has been uh, one of the weirder ones, for sure. But God has taught me quite a bit through this week. Now, where we're going to go through, John Eldridge has this term. Now, uh, you can use it, you can get rid of it, it's fine. We've got a symptom of a disease that he calls... Uh, our Eden hearts. That we have hearts that want to go backwards to Eden. This is a symptom, but we're going to talk about the treatment later. So the verse that I'm really rooting this in is in Philippians 3.20. It says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly wait for a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's take a moment and just pray as we're going to go into the Word. Um, I pray that, Father, as we're going to study this, I pray that you can open up our hearts Let us do a self-examination. If we do have Eden hearts, hearts that want to go backwards to when things were good, I pray that you can speak to us in those moments. As we're going to explore what does restoration look like, I pray you can start that process in us today. Let's have our hearts and minds open to hear from you. We pray this in your name. Amen. So these Eden hearts, the reality is when the pandemic hit, not necessarily that something new happened, something new did happen, but We had issues already that were just the timetable was accelerated. We started to experience things on a faster rate. The trajectory we were on, we got to a lot faster due to the pandemic. It was like everything was put under a magnifying glass. A lot of us can relate to that. There were a lot of issues that came up that we almost didn't even expect. And so now that we're kind of we're towards post-pandemic, though every now and again you hear, oh, COVID's back. Um, Whenever we hear those things, we just wish we could go back to a time before. Like, if we could go back to when it was good, then we'd be a lot better. What we really are asking, though, is we don't want to go back to pre-pandemic. What we really need is we can go back pre-fall, before sin ever entered the world. If we can go back in time before sin entered the world, when things were actually good, well, then we'd feel complete pre-pandemic, things may have been less intensified, but they were still bad. Things weren't good then either. So, he goes through a couple of examples throughout history of people who have tried to return to Eden, who have sought to live in that kingdom, but they forgot the king. They have these utopian ideals. They think if the world looked this way, then we'd live in a happier place. Or if we could fix this problem, then we'd finally be able to enjoy life again. Or it wouldn't hurt. Or all the things that go down the line. Uh, I want to go through a couple of the examples. So the ones he gave from the book, the first one was Taylor Camp. This was a hippie commune in Hawaii where the goal was communal living and total freedom. Now in that, there are people that have come out of that, have... Um, said that most of the people that they knew from there have either died or are, like, in mental institutes because the damage from the drug use or from the excessive freedom for the of living, they were so removed from society that reintegration was possible. So while it aimed for freedom, it led to death and mental illness. Another example was the Russian Revolution. While the revolution aimed to provide needs to the lower class, the neglected lower class, Uh, What it ended up resulting in was communism. The great leap forward in China. This was when China had this initiative that they wanted to move out of being an agricultural nation into a more industrial one and and try to make this big leap all at once. Uh, Within that, they had farmers switch to industrial work, which meant less farmers, which means less food, and it led to famine and millions of deaths. Uh, Perhaps the most horrific of them all was in Hitler's reign. Uh, He had a eugenics program to try to improve humanity as a whole. His thought process was a better humanity would mean less genetic defects. And so in the process of pursuing that, it led to the murder or sterilization of countless handicapped people, and then later down the road would lead to the horrors of the Holocaust. One further, even to bring it into today's camp, like, we are not really at the end of it yet. I think we're starting to see the tension of it. But we have, in America, a battleground. We've got two ideals that are competing. And the the fight isn't fight for America. It's a fight over America. It's two sides that are tearing each other apart. If you disagree with someone, like, you can't even be friends with people that you disagree with anymore. And so... We're in this tension of, we do have ideals, and yet they, every single time, these utopian ideals fail. Because they're missing something. They want the whole kingdom, the life to be good again, but they don't want the king. They're missing the key component. So, as we're experiencing life, we're seeing people who are reaching and striving to try to get back to when things were good. We do it through a million different ways. But here's what Jesus had told us when he's looking towards the end times. Here's what he expected to happen that we see happening. He says, if anyone tells you, see, here's the Messiah, or over here, don't believe it, for false messiahs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. Take note i told you in advance. He wanted to warn his people that there would be those that uh, come with the promise of well, I can make it right. I can get you back to where it's supposed to be. I can deliver you from these horrible times. And yet, he says, uh, be warned. Stay away from them. The issue being, we're missing the king. You want the whole kingdom, but you're missing the king. Now, he talks about this thing that I, when he first said it, I chuckled to myself. He calls them hors d'oeuvres of Eden. Because while we do live in a fallen and broken world, this world once was... God's original design. It was his intent. It was even, and it was perfect. So there are things that have continued since. A lot of things have been damaged. You look at a garden. all well, these weeds now. But the flowers are still beautiful. There's still things about the world that we live in that aren't all bad. But as people, we look to those things because what we're clinging to is the hope that we can then get back to when things were good. That if we could claim enough of those things, pull them together, that our life would be perfect and we would be better. But the reality is all of those things will continue to fail. He calls them hors d'oeuvres of Eden because while they are good, um, if you eat too many, you're going to get sick. I don't know about you guys. Man, I can crush some apps. The half apps at Applebee's, oh boy. But if you eat too many, you get sick. And so we've done that to ourselves. A couple of the examples, uh, and I just I didn't have to think long. Um, Do you guys know there was a bike shortage right during the pandemic? No one could get a bike. Well, why did we all cling to something like that, so weird and so random? Or how about projects? Who didn't start a house project during the pandemic? Or uh, who started a garden or got way weirdly into their garden? We all had our things. It's hard to say what yours is, but you know what I'm talking about. What we were doing is we were trying to cling on to a good thing, but we were hoping we could just, if we, if we held on to it tight enough, we'd get back to a time when things were good again. That no, was never the purpose. But when the king comes, he brings restoration. We're not going to go backwards. We're moving forward, but there's an end in sight. The truth is, if, if we're survivors survivors of a shared trauma through the pandemic or survivors of just living in a fallen world, a survivor, if you tell them, you've got to last three weeks and then help comes, or if you've got to last three months and then help comes, you can have survivor mentality, you can have it kick in and you can last. But if I said, we don't know if hope's coming, we get lost. We can't hang on to that. Now, in Matthew 19, Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, in the renewal of all things, When the Son of Man sits on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or fields because of My name will receive a hundred times more, and will inherit eternal life. But there is a restoration coming. There's a promise. But we're not there yet. We don't live in that time. Are there? things in this world that God wants you to have. Good things, of course. But that's not the solution. That's not us getting back to the good times. So C.S. Lewis, one of the famous writers of um, Christianity, he, he's a theologian, a philosopher. He had written tons of works, but was also someone who had given his life wholly to Christ. Uh, his secretary, uh, Walter Hooper, has described him as the most converted man he had known. Which is a funny term, but if we think about that for a second, what does that really look like? What if we were more converted? What would that look like to you? In 1 Thessalonians five twenty three to 24 it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. I, that word sanctify, that's just like a fun church word we use. I mean, it's set apart. It's, uh, now may the God of peace himself set you completely apart. And may your whole spirit... Soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. His purpose of restoration begins in us. He has the goal. He has the end in sight, and he has a promise to us that an end is coming when things will be fully restored. But we also have a promise that today restoration can happen in you. Even in Philippians 1 6, he says, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Salvation is a process, not an event. While oftentimes we remember the time that we gave our lives to Jesus, or if you haven't yet, uh, something that you can look forward to. That we give our lives to Jesus, and it's a single moment that we remember. But that's not the end, that's the beginning, that's a process. The road that we'll walk on. One that Paul even says will continue. God will carry on until the day of completion when Jesus comes back. When that end restoration is to come. For some, you've heard the testimonies. People um, accept Jesus and their lifestyle was so counter to Jesus. And God freed them of that in a moment. And those stories are encouraging and powerful, but those aren't the only stories. There's also stories of people who continue to struggle down that road. Both are equally amazing because that process of salvation is happening. God's doing a restoration work in those people. But uh, this message is very personal. I am the least to be able to talk on this. I have not done well. I have a little bit of a life hack that I do want to share with you, though. Hear me out. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't say it's healthy, but it is good. And so what I do, and I think you can try if you want to, is if you've got some feelings, stay distracted. Do anything you can to not have to feel those feelings. And if you stay distracted long enough and hard enough, and you start to think about your feelings, add more distractions, just keep staying distracted, you'll never have to feel those feelings. And I tried that. I gave it a good shot. Um, me and my wife have a, I we say it jokingly, but... Any parents in the room are gonna be like, "Yep." Uh, parenthood is a, a collection of traumas. You're just picking up a little traumas here and there. Your um, the kids choking in the middle of the night, and you run in, your your heart's racing, and you can never sleep again because, well, what if the kid's choking, um, or they're choking when they're eating food, or choking when they're standing, because kids are always choking. Or we've had a couple of scares. We've had a cancer scare um, when Canyon was born; he wasn't breathing. And so we've had a couple of those moments that just, those are a lot to let go of. So instead of having to deal with those, well, if I just could stay distracted, I'll be okay. Or if I say it enough times, I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine, 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 You may not believe me, but I'll believe me. Those types of tools have been really harmful. Um, and I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to say that because when I'm saying it out loud, it sounds so dumb. But that was the way that I was dealing with my trouble. Now, this past week, it has been really strange that God timed this message this week. So, as I'm going through this, I'm reading the book, chapter 8, which is in next week, is a, a part that he talks about, you know, if, if God's in the center of your heart, like, how do you get to where he is? Like, how do you go to him? A lot of, like, um, internal prayer and, and what's So I went through it. sounded weird. I was like, all right, well, let's give it a shot. And I gave it a shot, and it was really wild. He he showed me something that I hadn't seen before. I have I have known and I've even taught that God is the God of all comfort. But I don't think I knew in my heart that God was the God of all comfort. I don't think I trusted him to be that. Kyle helped me contextualize it. He even said, now how can you... Know that God's comfort if you aren't knowing pain. Like, can God be beautiful in pain? So uh, I'm going through this and just trying to like process. God even opens my eyes to just how unhealthy I've been. Uh, I I told it to my wife and she's like, yeah, duh. You know, if, if you don't think about feelings or if you tell yourself you don't have them, they just disappear. And so I was like, well, my wife's gonna have feelings. Like, if I could help her to not have feelings. Think of how much helpful that would be. She wouldn't have any feelings anymore. But what it ends up being is dismissive to her feelings and only hurts her. And so I've had to learn a lot about just horrible unhealthy habits I've had that God is working on me through. I have held on to my even heart. I have reached for things to stay distracted long enough, to not have to deal with it, and I'm sick of stuffing myself with hors d'oeuvres. So I go through this week. Wednesday, Wednesday. I spent some time with God, and He's really, like, opening up my heart. Um, you know that room in your house that you have uh, that you just throw a bunch of stuff in, and when company comes, you close that door? My heart's got a couple of those rooms. Uh, in, in the book, um, he calls those those unconverted places, places that you haven't given over fully to God. Well, I had to open some doors this week and start cleaning out some rooms, and it, the timing of it was impeccable, because, well, that's an obviously a very painful process, and not something anyone wants to do, I did get to see that God was going to comfort me through that, but I didn't have to reach for anything, because God's going to step into those places with me, uh, and it was all in preparation, because when I said God was going to teach you something, He did. Um, yesterday, we got news that, tragically and suddenly and horrifically, uh, my cousin died, He's like two months younger than me. Uh, we grew up together and always hung out, with we him together all the time, and just out of the blue, uh, got in a car accident. Perfect uh, death, and so he's the first person of that generation, of that family, to pass. And so we're all like reeling and grieving and just trying to like process through what's the next steps and what's happening. Um, the family is a mess. I, my daughter, she saw me crying and was coming over to comfort me and said, uh, "Don't worry, Dad. You'll see him soon." And I don't think I will. Um, so in this time. I would normally do anything I could to not feel. To expect. Like, do anything just to not see it. But God showed me that I could trust Him. I could trust Him to be my comfort. So, I sat in it. And it hurt. But God is my comfort. He walked with me through it. Our big prayer right now is not only that, like, the family would be comforted, but that they specifically would be comforted by... Jesus, they don't know him as their Savior, but if, if they could, it would change everything. We had a family party that was planned. It was yesterday, and at that point, we were just all like, we just got to get together and just see each other. And so it was my, my family, my son's family, my dad, my brother, my sister, their families. And uh, out of nowhere, my cousin's older brother and his family showed up. Like, we didn't invite them. We didn't tell them we were there, and they just showed up. I've got several hours to just connect with them and, like, love them through this horrible process. It's been really strange, but it's very obvious that God's doing the work. And if He's not doing a work in me, He sure is doing a work in this scenario, but I've seen a different side of God that I didn't know was there. Through this process, I was able to see that there's a hope of restoration and that I have unconverted places in my heart that belong to Him. It takes a brave prayer to share those things and let them go to God. I don't think I have to push too hard. You know those places in your heart. The places that you don't really want to give over to God. Could you? Could you make that prayer? These places all belong to Him. Because here's the good news. In the end, in the book of Revelation, there's a hope. We don't go backwards to Eden. God restores. John records this. He says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, but he morning,
1: I okay. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne and said, I am making everything feel.
0: Then he said, Write this down. these words are trustworthy. That's the hope I need right now. No tears. No death, no pain. There a promise that's coming. now, there are two people, two groups of people that need this. Um, as I'm starting to close up, can I have Alan come on up? He's going to close us out in prayer. So there are two groups of people that need to hear this. Um, the first is if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you have not um, started the road, if you have not been saved, if you've not said and recognized that you have broken places, that need restoration, today. Because you and I, we can all agree. This world's not right. This wasn't what it was supposed to be. It's a mess. But God wants to restore you now while we await this future hope. And this hope is for those who are in Him. The prayer is simple. God unbroken. Full of sin. And I need a Savior. So save me. And there's another group of people, those who have already decided to follow Jesus, given their lives to Him, and are continuing to follow after Him. You and I both know Just unconverted places. I, I have met a bunch of you. We're not perfect yet. We haven't made it. But what if we could surrender those unconverted places and give them to Jesus? What if we could trust Him to be our comfort, our strength, and our supply through those things? What if we could reject whatever we're reaching for? Drink food, projects, work. Those things that we do to comfort ourselves? What if we could actually say, this hurts, God comfort me. To make that space. Then we can convert those places over him. We can be more like him and be full. He restored. He healed. So I'm going to have Alan come on up. There's a prayer that's right out of the book. And he, uh, it's kind of a guided prayer. Um, as we're reading this out loud, I invite you to uh, make it your own. This is a time for you. You need to give something to God, this is that time. Uh, if you just need to hear it and have it and watch over it, you, great. That's, this is for you. Uh, but there is a section in here, and Alan's going to pause when he gets to it, uh, for you to just talk about what are those places in your life. What are the things that you long for? The things that your Eden heart's reaching for? So if you can name those things, you can give them over to God. So, Alan, come on up.
1: my hidden heart to you and you alone. I'm so filled with longing, Lord, for the things to be good again. I just want, Quay Church, take the next 36, 30 seconds, sorry. What is it that you want? What do you want it laid on your hidden heart? I just want things to be beautiful again. I just want people to love one another. I want this turmoil to be over. I want evil to stop. Jesus, catch my Eden heart. I put my hope in the restoration of Eden when you return. I give my heart to you and your return. You are the only safe place. There is only one Eden. I give my heart to the true and almighty evil, which you will restore when you return. Amen.
0: To go. So pray church, I invite you um to those unconverted places. I would give them over fully to God. I'm praying for you this week. You have a great week. Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at Quavogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.